My name is uh, Dan Heron, and um, we're talking about Jesus this morning, reminding us who we are. Uh, it's something as interesting as happened to me uh, recently. If you go on the internet and look up uh, Dan Heron, teaching elder, PCA, uh, you will find someone uh, who is accused of a crime and uh, is suing the church uh, that he's from and um, uh, the people who made these accusations. Uh, and he was actually censored last week at the General Assembly. That is not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but it um, you know, brings up the question uh, pretty poignantly to me about uh, who I am. Uh, and we're going to be talking about this from time. And have, uh, my wife and I, Jenny and I, have only been there for three years. Um, before that, we were uh, working for uh, 37 years in uh, church planting with uh, Surge Global uh, in Uganda and Spain, mostly, uh, and came back to the U.S. to help train new leaders uh, for, for Surge. And uh, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Surge as a mission is growing. It's grown 100% in the last seven years, all God's work. Um, and we're very thankful for that and uh, thankful for the privilege of being able to work with young leaders. And we do attend Al uh, City Church in Albuquerque and very thankful to be there too. I think it's helpful for you to know a little bit about the people that you have um, teaching the Bible to you, and I told you about uh, what we've been doing. Uh, Jenny and I have eight children and uh, 23 grandchildren, uh, and so you, you know what grandma does, uh, <laughs> and she's very good at it too. Uh, she wishes she could be here with you this morning. She's been struggling with uh, very serious sciatica recently, and uh, a car ride of any kind um, doesn't sound real great to her right now, but a wonderful woman of God uh, whom God has blessed me with. Um, and this morning, we're going to be looking at Titus uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and thinking about the theme, Lord Jesus, remind me who I am. Uh, sort of a side thing to that story I was telling you, Christianity Today published an article about uh, teaching elder Dan Heron from the PCA, uh, someone, um, uh, an in-law of mine, wrote me and said, you better check with them because um, a lot of people are going to think it's you. And uh, so I wrote to them, and they graciously uh, published the, uh, the other Dan's age uh, and uh, a picture of him uh, to let people know that that's not me. Um, but in, in Titus, he's talking about uh, God working in us so that we learn where our true identity comes from. Uh, I don't know how much time you spent in the book of Titus. It's a fairly short book uh, that Paul wrote. And uh, Paul wrote to Titus to tell him about caring for a new church that had been begun on the Greek island of, of Crete. Uh, and we're looking just at the introduction to the book, uh, four verses this morning. Now, wh why is this uh, introduction important? 
Well, I think because it shows, and Paul is, is intentionally trying to show this, the clear relationship between what we believe uh, and how we live. And in the Christian life, uh, we may ask the question, which comes first? Uh, what you do or what you believe? Or change first, uh, behaving or believing? Do we change first, uh, change our habits, uh, move away from a lifestyle, and then come to Jesus? Or do, does Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, draw us to himself and begin making those changes in us? Uh, we're going to talk about that this morning. And Paul makes it very clear here. Uh, and the, with the theme, Jesus, help me remember who I am. Let me just read the passage. It's very short, so read it again just to get the thoughts and words clearly in our minds. And I want just think as we read through it, uh, key words uh, that describe parts of the Christian life as we read through it. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, one of the things, uh, a picture that can kind of open this up a bit for us, I think, is um, just the phrase, bang the Coke machine. Now, some of you um, are in my uh, stage of life. Others of you are not. But you may remember that uh, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have these kind of soda machines that are in a lot of uh, restaurants or fast food places now where you, you go and you punch on the screen and there are about 60 varieties of uh, soda that you can pick. Uh, there used to be um, old Coke machines and, and you actually can see some of them in small town New Mexico if you drive north and, and stop in some of the old stores. But these, these machines were about uh, a little bit taller than me, about this wide, and uh, sometimes there was a selection of three or four types of soda, uh, Coke uh, products, and you, depending upon when you first started doing this, you either put a nickel or a quarter um, in that machine, and then um, you're supposed to get a soda out. Sometimes you chose the one with a button, sometimes you opened a door and pulled it out. Uh, but there were problems with these machines. And uh, there was no, they didn't take cash uh, bills, uh, just coins. They didn't take credit cards. Uh, but the problem that you had was, and you can probably remember experiencing this, sometimes what happened? You put the money in and nothing happened. Uh, and then there was this little lever that you could push down, uh, and usually three or four times, and it might give your money back or it might not. Uh, it was, I think it was good about half the time. But there was another solution. Uh, do you remember what that was? Yeah, you bang it or kick it, uh, and 
quite often, the soda, the, you would hear the coin drop, and then you could get the soda. And what happens in our lives spiritually uh, about getting the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, from our heads to our hearts. Uh, and that's part of what Paul is talking about in this passage. We all struggle with sin, and we will until Jesus comes back to take us home. Uh, I'm just as weak as anybody else and need Jesus constantly. One of my many weaknesses uh, has to do with having worship efficiency and productivity in my work life. Uh, it can, I grew up, was educated to do that um, without even realizing it was happening. Uh, it can be good for you when you're working, but it can bring hurt into the lives of people that you love and are part of your family or close friends when it bleeds over into your personal life. How many of you have ever been to New York City? So a good number of you have been to New York City. And you may have had, uh, you could call it a privilege. Uh, some people might call it something different. But the opportunity to use the New York City subway system, uh, which, is, which actually is a blessing uh, most of the time. It can get you anywhere in the city. And uh, um, 20 years, 20, yeah, 21 years ago, um, when uh, Jenny and I had just gotten married, uh, we um, went to New York City. I was preaching there on a weekend. Uh, Jenny and I both lost spouses uh, and married 21 years ago. And it shows that's how we could get eight kids with not as much um, labor as other families. Um, so we went to New York City for me to preach in this uh, small church plant in Greenwich Village on two consecutive weekends. And we uh, took uh, our youngest daughter, Lydia, with us, who was 15. And our host said, uh, anything in New York Island looks like, we've heard about that, uh, and the Statue of Liberty. And so Clyde said, well, tomorrow morning, I'll take you down to uh, the subway, I'll show you how to get on, and uh, you'll change at one point, and it takes you right to the Staten Island Ferry, and uh, you can get across and see what that is, and then come back and figure out how to see uh, the Statue of Liberty. So Saturday morning, we um, got up, had breakfast, and uh, Clyde took us down into the subway station near his house, and he said, you get on this train here, uh, at this station you change, uh, and the next one goes directly to the Staten Island Ferry, which will cost you nothing. Uh, so I said, great, and he left us behind. So uh, Jenny and Lydia and I were sitting in the station, and uh, uh, we heard a train coming. And as the train rolled into that station, uh, we were sitting down, and I noticed that the first three cars had almost nobody in them. Uh, the next five were just packed full of people. Uh, so without thinking or saying anything, I jumped up and ran uh, for those first three cars. Um, without out of even thinking, didn't say anything to Jenny or Lydia, off I was. And uh, by the time I got to the cars, they had stopped, the doors were open, I stepped inside, uh, something said, Jenny and Lydia. Um, so I looked outside, and there was Lydia, she was very close, she got on the car, um, and I, Jenny uh, reached the doors, they closed shut. 
Um, and I put my hands in the doors. I tried to pull it open just to let her get through. And uh, wouldn't you know it, right next to me was a, a picture poster of someone doing exactly what I was doing. And it said, if you want to go to jail, do this. Uh, so I took my hands out. We tried to talk uh, mouth words. And uh, off we hurled into the bowels of New York City. Uh, what to do? We got off at the next stop. And thinking that we would get there, we'd wait, and then Jenny would be on the next train. And uh, when Liddy and I got off, we were the only ones at that subway station. Uh, and it was dingy. It had one light bulb hanging down by a bare wire. And uh, I said to Lydia, this is probably not a good place for us to stay. So we got on the next, next train. And we went to the transit point where we were supposed to get off and get on the train for Staten Island and uh, decided to wait for Jenny there. One train, two trains, three trains, no Jenny. And by the way, down in the subway station, uh, usually your phone may not work. Uh, so I said to my 15-year-old daughter, uh, Lydia, uh, you wait right here in case Jenny comes, and I'll go back and try to see if I can find her. Uh, and Lydia looked at me and she said, Dad, there's no way I'm staying here by myself. Very smart young lady. So we both w went across. Uh, we got on the train going the opposite direction. Uh, went all the way back to the first uh, place where we had been. We got off the train, and there was Jenny uh, sitting down on a bench. Very smart, very wise, actually. Uh, I, I went up to her kind of, uh, you know, knowing that I had not acted properly. And I said to her, uh, remember, we've been married two weeks. Uh, <laughs> so I said, honey, are you okay? Very sheepishly. And she said, yes. And then she burst into tears. Uh, the Lord convicted me quickly. Uh, I, I, I knew I, was, I had caused a problem. Uh, and I asked her to forgive me. Uh, she did without hesitation. Uh, and does not hold that against me. But I've noticed that when I tell this story these days, uh, 21 years later, uh, she still flinches. Uh, that, that was not my finest hour. Uh, but it was a picture of how the Lord is working in us, how we can get lost in things that, that we tend toward, like productivity uh, and efficiency, uh, and they can become a problem or a sin in our lives when they happen in my life, but for their proper context. Uh, I could tell you many other things like that in my life, but uh, what I needed to learn was who I am as a child of King Jesus. That's what we all need, brothers and sisters, uh, to love him more than how much I can accomplish or whatever uh, thing that you hold in your life uh, unconsciously. Uh, my value should come from who Jesus declares me to be, not on my efficiency, my record, what degrees I have, uh, my success uh, in labor or work, uh, or, or even in how well my family is doing. Jesus is the only one who can give us something that is lasting, an identity uh, that is true and lasting and can never be taken away from us, not by illness uh, not by mistakes, not by a car accident, not by anything.
Lord Jesus, remind me who I am. Now let's just think about the context for uh, Paul's letter to Titus. Uh, Paul knew uh, Titus from doing missionary journeys. And Titus was a young man that came to faith in Christ. And if you read the book of Acts, uh, you will see him often traveling with Paul and Barnabas to different cities. And, and this letter is in the later part of Paul's ministry uh, when they had planted, uh, started a church on the island of Crete. Now, if you think of the Mediterranean uh, as a big oval like this, uh, like this, uh, Crete, that's your right side, uh, over on the left side, that's your right side of the map, it's a pretty big island off of Greece and uh, had its own reputation. Uh, it was not known as a place where you could expect uh, warm, welcoming, uh, happy, joyous people. It was a mixture of uh, people from all the different parts of the Roman Empire uh, trying to survive, make money, uh, live. Uh, there were trading ships that came through there with uh, Romans, Greeks, Arabs, uh, Jews. Uh, Jews were there because of the persecution that happened regularly throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, and here was all this mix of people. Uh, you, you'll remember there's a, a passage in Titus that says, all Cretans are liars. Um, now, that, that was not necessarily a racial prejudice because there was, there was not a race that was called Cretans. Cretans were just referring to everyone who was mixed together on the island. Uh, and because of the low uh, morality and rampant lasciviousness that was there uh, uh, with others had planted throughout the Roman Empire. And Paul, uh, with others, had planted a church in uh, uh, Crete. Um, Paul is trying to get some help for that church. Uh, for kind of a context that you can imagine, uh, it's not easy for people to live out their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, all the pressures uh, are in the opposite direction. Uh, you know, truthfully, you might say uh, that's the way it is pretty much in every culture uh, throughout the earth, uh, the way it is in the U.S. today. Uh, we really need God's work in us day by day uh, to find out, to remember, to know, uh, to be reminded who we are in Jesus Christ as his forgiven sons and daughters. That's what uh, Paul is pushing Titus to work at in the church uh, here uh, in, in Crete. Now, if we look at Titus 1 through 4, uh, if, you, if you have a Bible with you, you, you will notice that there are uh, several key words that we associate with uh, being believers, uh, followers of Jesus Christ. And Paul uh, points them out uh, several times throughout the book, but begins in these four uh, verses to start mentioning them because they are the basis for what he's going to talk about next. Uh, let's, a few examples. Uh, the word faith that is here. 
Uh, it also occurs in uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith. Uh, chapter 3, verse 15. Greet those who love us in the faith. Uh, then godliness, uh, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. That's in verse 1. Uh, occurs again in uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 12. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And you just remember in the original language, uh, a negative uh, noun or description uh, was done just by putting one letter in front of that word. Uh, so ungodliness would still use godliness, but say a negative in front of it. Uh, unfaith, you could put by putting that letter in front of faith. Uh, then there's hope. Uh, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 13. Wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, hope in chapter 3, verse 7. Uh, then we could go on uh, citing these uh, occurrences with eternal life, which appears several times in the book. Salvation, uh, more times in the book of Titus. Uh, also, the word grace, which comes up in chapter 3 uh, and other places, and we're going to read something about grace a little bit later. But when you read a greeting like this that is talking about uh, what God has given you, given you, declared you to be because of Jesus' work and sacrifice, uh, Paul gives that as the basis, as the foundation. Uh, our hearts and minds can confuse some of what is happening because he follows immediately with a list of characteristics, um, who we are to be, things that we are to do, our personal behavior, our character traits. And it's easy to lose the focus. Paul puts the focus on faith, hope, eternal life, uh, godliness, all these God's work in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then what results from that is the, the character traits and the behavior. Uh, we just heard in the first four verses about faith, godliness, hope, eternal life, salvation, grace. Next we read about what uh, we should be, uh, in, beginning in verse 5. And elders must be, uh, an older woman should be, young women should, younger men should. And he gives us this list of character traits. Uh, because of, um, I think, sin in our lives uh, and our tendency towards being activists, doers, uh, those, those of us who struggle with that uh, way of doing life, it's easy to switch and put the focus on who we are to be, what our character traits are, rather than what God has done, what He's given us, and how He uses those things to produce uh, those character traits. Uh, you can just think of uh, uh, fruit trees. What, what's the best fruit that's grown in Santa Fe? Apricots. I saw some apricots on the road. Um, by working hard and deciding that they're going to be an apricot? No. It's part of being attached to an apricot tree uh, that produces those fruits. 
And you'll remember in the New Testament, Jesus uses that kind of an illustration several times uh, to talk about the meaning of faith. Uh, the same thing is going on here. Those character traits in verses uh, 5 and following are what God working in you and me, He produces. Uh, they are all very good things. Lord Jesus, help me remember who I am. God's work of calling us, Jesus redeeming us with a price, the Holy Spirit drawing us, all happened first. Then we see how big our need is, uh, and we cry out for forgiveness. And then the Holy Spirit works in us so that we are thankful to God for producing, and He produces those qualities and behaviors. It is Christ's work from first to last. But yes, and it requires every inch, uh, every bit of our strength and energy at the same time. But it's still His work. Remember, uh, beat the Coke machine. Uh, Psalm 61 uh, gives another example of this kind uh, in verses 1 and 2. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. You see, the, the psalmist here uh, rests uh, everything in the Christian life, what our soul's eternal destinies, on God alone. God alone, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He is my rock, my salvation. Uh, you could think about this uh, connection between uh, believing the work that God has done in us, uh, like the old adage, uh, don't get the cart before the horse. Uh, and if you look up on the internet and uh, click on images and put cart before the horse, you'll see all kinds of strange drawings. Uh, and some of them show uh, uh, a cart uh, with a guy standing behind it, pushing it, and the horse behind him. Um, that's not a very efficient way of using either the horse or the cart. Uh, and the same is true in, in spiritual life. If we put ourselves and our strength, uh, our desires, our ability to make ourselves good uh, and loving and kind, uh, that's just not the way it works. Uh, God does it and calls us into it, uh, and the Holy Spirit works those things in us. The Apostle Paul mentions in chapter 3, talking about what God has done for us, a very uh, good description of uh, gr what grace and faith do. Chapter 3, verses three, verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. From first to last, it's God's work through Jesus Christ 
and the power of the Holy Spirit that we become uh, the identity that God says we have in Jesus. Lord Jesus, help me remember who I am. There was a, a young man about, I think it was about 15 years ago, uh, recorded a song. Uh, and this, this uh, man's name was Jason Gray. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with him or with his music. Um, but Jason was a very talented musician and singer. But he had a, a big struggle in his life that was, uh, and, and it was he constantly wrestled, wrestled with, made him feel ashamed, uh, and, and it was that he stuttered. And he could not get one sentence out uh, without stuttering. You can see interviews with him uh, on YouTube. And it's very obviously something, it was a big problem for him. He even at one point tried to take his life uh, because of it. But when Jason sings, he doesn't stutter. Uh, and you may know that it's different parts of the brain where speech come from uh, and where singing come from. Uh, so the problem with stuttering is not an issue when Jason sings. Uh, but he wrote some very poignant music that I think describes um, what we're talking about this morning. Jesus, help me remember who I am. Uh, Jason wrote, When I lose my way and I forget my name, remind me who I am. In the mirror, all I see is who I don't want to be. Remind me who I am. In the loneliest places, when I can't remember what grace is, remind me who I am. Tell me once again who I am to you, who I am to you. Tell me, lest I forget. Uh, the song is addressed uh, to Jesus. Uh, tell me, lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to you, to you. When my heart is like a stone and I'm running far from home, remind me who I am. When I can't receive your love, afraid I'll never be enough, remind me who I am. If I'm your beloved, can you help me believe it? Tell me uh, this I am to you, who I am to you. Uh, this just reminds me of the father who was asking Jesus to heal his son from epilepsy. Um, and Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. And uh, the father's reply, you remember it, uh, Lord, help me in my unbelief. That's what Jason is singing too. And sometimes we need to be saying that in prayer to the Lord. I don't know if, if you've struggled with stuttering or you've struggled with uh, idolatry of productivity uh, or efficiency uh, or something else. Uh, we all have those somethings in our lives. Uh, but God wants to use those to remind us our identity is in Jesus Christ, made righteous by the blood of the Lamb, with the Holy Spirit working in us daily to produce those things that God is calling us to. Jesus, help me remember who I am. It's that way of banging the spiritual Coke machine. Uh, someone has said, the longest road in the world is the one from your head to your heart. 
Uh, and, and I think that's, it's, it's true. It's easy for us, or easier for us to get things in our head and to understand them to than to have them work out through our lives, through our desires, through how we treat people day by day. And how, uh, the Lord has given us a lot of gifts that help us uh, daily remove those things on that wrong road from the head to the heart. Uh, and we can use all kinds of different things. He wants to use uh, fellowship in the church. Uh, if, if you're not in a small group, I would urge you to be a part of one. Those people, people in the small groups remind each other. A fellowship in different venues in the church. Private Bible reading and prayer. Uh, those are also ways of the Coke machine. Uh, they're not earning righteousness for us. They're what we desperately need uh, as people uh, who are saved sinners. Uh, the daily prayer project, you can go online and find that. Uh, and it helps you through a series of uh, readings, uh, telling each other about prayer requests and answers. Uh, Jerry Bridges, uh, who used to be with the Navigators and now is with the Lord, uh, tells a story about uh, when he was a Navy officer uh, and before he worked with the Navigators, uh, he was in the Navy, uh, he had a degree in nuclear engineering and uh, uh, was on several different uh, big ships. And he said, in those days, there were no GPSs. Uh, and still, in those days, some of you may remember the name of this instrument, uh, that you look through and you adjust these dials. Uh, what was it called? Sextant. Yeah. So uh, you had to use that sextant um, twice a day before sunrise uh, so you could still see the stars uh, right after sunset uh, when the stars began to come out. And uh, uh, they called it shooting the stars. Uh, and, and Jerry says that... Uh, Every time you do that, it doesn't matter how good your navigator has been or the captain of the boat, there's always a course correction that needs to be made, uh, morning and evening. And if you have bad weather uh, over a period of time and you can't shoot the stars morning and evening, uh, invariably, let's say it's two weeks, you're going someplace you never wanted or intended to go uh, just by the fact that uh, you've not used what's available to you to redirect um, where you're going. Well, the, the Bible describes us like Navy ships. Uh, it's, it's not that um, God is belittling us. It's just he's telling us he knows who we are. He knows that we need that course correction. Uh, it comes through Scripture. It comes through fellowship. Uh, it comes through thanking God joyfully. Uh, for what you see in your life today, uh, and you could name a million ways to do that, but the Lord really uh, tells us uh, what He's working in us leads to that behavior and the change in behavior, the change in characteristics, the change in character, and by going to Him, reorienting, repeating that day after day, uh, and by the way, we never get to a point where we don't need that this side of heaven. Uh, but it's God's blessing that we need that because He is our strength. Uh, he's the one that works in us. He's the one that gave us the promises. 
who sacrificed his son for us. And this is his call to us uh, because he knows what we need. Uh, he's our majestic creator in all that he does for us and what Jesus is doing for us now. Lord Jesus, remind me who I am.